Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, folks, remember, Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen, CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Ryan Dunleavy, New York Post NFL writer, he joins us. 11.40 a.m. Eastern also. I'm looking forward to this. 1 p.m. He did a seven-round mock draft. More more, more and more guys are doing the seven-round mock drafts, man. And I got to I gotta ask him going, how do, how do you do it? Does it just become need? Does it just become like, do you, do you go through a, like a, a simulator? What do you do? So we'll have Ryan Wilson joining us at 1 because I'm going to take him through my top 10 mock draft. I'm only drafting 10 players. I'm not doing 259. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> I don't think you want to hear that. I ain't going to do it. But Ryan Wilson, he's one of the finest CBS Sports NFL and NFL draft writer. He joins us at 1 p.m. It's time to welcome in Anthony Pierno. Pierno! What is up, Kenny? All right. Can I Before we do the top five subject, Yeah. did you see the Mickey James thing? Yeah, man, not a uh, not a good look for WWE. So, if you guys haven't haven't seen on social media now, Pierno, I don't know how much time you spend on social media because I, I really honestly I don't follow like, people like Ken. You're such a wrestling site. I don't watch current wrestling. I really don't. Now you're not missing much. I uh, from what I'm told, and I feel bad. Like it's. Once in a while, you still get some good things. So, yeah. you know, especially during the pay-per-views. For the most part, the WWE does a good yeah. job with the pay-per-views. Like, WrestleMania was solid overall this year. It was, really, it was pretty good. This, this is my problem, is that I got friends who work for both companies, okay? And I want to support them in what they do. I don't want AEW to fold, and I certainly don't want WWE to fold. I don't want those things to happen. I know that they're having themselves a quote-unquote ratings war, or something like that. They were, and then they moved. What? Did they move the WWE because yeah, of hockey? Yeah. So NXT moved from Wednesday to Tuesday night. So now AEW has Wednesday night all by itself now. Okay. Well, that's I mean, well, good for AEW. I hope they I hope they thrive in that spot. I hope they do very very well. Uh, I just don't get a chance to watch a lot of current wrestling. My sons are into if they're into anything and. This might be a case study. My son, my my old two oldest, my two-year-old doesn't know any better, but my two oldest are five and four years old, right? They, I, I've turned on AEW, and they are just not interested. I turn on old, like, it, if I turn on, like, old Mid-South or something like that, they're not interested. If I turn on, <laughs> I got to be careful about the Attitude Era, but, like, WrestleMania, WrestleMania 25, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 19, WrestleMania 18, they're in. They are in, and they love The Undertaker, and they don't realize, like, he ain't wrestling anymore, man. He's, like, pushing 60. But they're not interested in this. So I got no reason to watch, 
and again, we got friends who, who work for both companies, and I hope they do very, very well, and I mean this sincerely. The WWE has been very good to me personally, and their people have been very good to me personally, and Tony Khan at AEW has been very good, and JR is, is a wonderful person, and I, I mean th- all this sincerely. Like I want Jim Ross to continue to be the voice of wrestling. I want that to work out, and there's a lot of things. I just don't get to watch a whole lot of current stuff. So if I say anything and I'm going, eh, 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 it's it's nothing – I'm not being nasty. I'm not trolling. Pierno watches. If Pierno wants to give a uh, a critical review every now and then, Pierno's more than welcome to give a critical review every now and then. So that's that's perfectly fine. But I saw, I saw the there's a bot. They fired the guy who's in charge of this, right? Mark Carano is this man's name. Yeah. So Triple H okay. put out a tweet. He said, upon learning of the dis- disrespectful treatment some of our recently released talent received on behalf of the company, we took immediate action. The person responsible for this inconsiderate action has been fired and is no longer with WWE. Whew. Uh, so I saw the photo, and there were uh, Gail Kim said the same thing. A couple other wrestlers or former WWE superstars said the same thing. What happened was is that they let go of Mickey James after WrestleMania, which is something they do. They let go of there are a lot of people. They they always do a free for all after WrestleMania and let, start letting go of people. So they let go of Mickey James and they got to get her stuff, and so they sent it in a box. But when she opened the box, all her stuff was in a trash bag, and there was a note attached to it that just said Mickey, like here's her stuff. Here you go. And I actually, I actually had a bit of an argument with my producer about it yesterday at the end of our show because I think everybody, if you're a person a certain age, I, I've been let go from a job. Other people have been let go from jobs. Like, you kind of, you know how it goes and it sucks. It just sucks. And you usually get a paper, a, a copy paper box and you collect your belongings and it's, it's honestly humiliating because a security guard or a manager has to follow you around and all that stuff. And if you leave because it's a numbers game, it's like, man, this sucks. It happened. I actually, I got laid off three weeks before I got married, uh, almost ten years ago to Lizzie. So it was a, it was an awkward moment. And uh, which Lizzie, was, Lizzie was going, thank God he can get all this stupid radio stuff, and then we can, he can get a real job, and we can get moving together here. So, and here I am still. So I I feel bad for her. I did get some pushback where people were like, well, Kenny, she doesn't live there. How how are they supposed to get her stuff? I'm going, you got to know. Like, she's a public figure. This is a delicate situation. Like, you, maybe, could you spring, if you spring for the expense of everything, maybe a little bit of bubble wrap, maybe some packing peanuts. Is that so wrong, Pierno? Is that such a wrong thing? Just a little bit of decency if we're going to do this? That's how it should have been done. I mean, have you ever been have you ever been laid off and had to collect your belongings? No, I've never been. No, um, a- after I worked at Co- I worked at Costco, and um, they gave you like a, a three month probation trial period to try you out. <laughs> and after the three months was up, I remember going into the office, and they told me that um, they weren't going to be having me back once. Um, once the three month, uh, the, the three months was up, so I'd actually have to go like collect my things and uh, and walk out at that point in time. Uh, they were just letting me know there was like a week left, I guess, in that probation period, and they were just like letting me know that uh, they weren't going to be retaining my services. How? Why did they not retain your services, dude? That job, uh, uh, 
Costco boy. Wow. That uh that that was a that was a terrible experience. That Really? Yeah, man. I've that, heard people love it. I swear I'm not I'm not You know why? Not, because I've they, heard people no, love it. Well, yeah, because they do pay well. I remember at the time for compared to most of the other jobs, I I think I was a fr- uh, I think it was beginning of my freshman year in college when I yeah. uh, got the job there. So compared to uh, most of the other jobs, uh, they they paid well. So I think that's why a lot of people might be attracted to those jobs at Costco. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, I mean, a lot of the people were in charge. Were like, I feel like recent college graduates, like a lot of the supervisors and. Uh, they clearly weren't happy with their lives. Like they had graduated college, oh. and here they are working at Costco. And I feel like they took it out on everybody else. And and I'm just not somebody that's cool that's with that shame. kind of stuff. So I mean, if you're gonna give me an attitude, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna be disrespectful to me, then you're gonna get it right back. So I just you yeah. did that to the managers. Well, I mean, I would give them I would give them an attitude. I mean, how old were you? Oh, uh, what, freshman year of college? <laughs> okay, well, I can understand where you're coming from, and I can understand maybe. I don't know if I can understand where I, they're I, coming No, listen, from. I can understand where they're coming from. I mean, I again, I, I feel like. It's a good job. I feel it, like, like, like a lot of the, I don't know, I feel like a bunch of them had, like, graduated college, and, you know, clearly that they, they didn't go to school to be uh, working at Costco. Uh, I don't think most of them. So, I mean, they were probably miserable with their lives, which I understand. And well, so they were taking out on their people, which I also understand. Um, I mean, you know, cause I do that too, probably. So, but I don't know um, that, that part. I don't, I don't, if you listen, if we're upset about our, we're all, we all get upset about things that happen personally. We shouldn't take it out on others though. And we shouldn't take it out on our subordinates if we're there. Like how many people, I, I, I'm sure there's a study of it. How many people who graduated college are actually working in the degree that they, in the field that their degree specifies? How many people? I bet it's lower than we think. I'd imagine. Like, if you went to Harvard Law, you're going to be a lawyer, okay? I went to the University of Akron. I, I majored in radio and TV. And I've, I've always said I love the University of Akron. I love their college radio program. I would have majored in something else. There's plenty of people who majored in radio and TV that I went to college with. They ain't working in radio or TV or anything. So I, wor- I worked up at, on the counter. I would have to um, pack the the, gro- the carts yeah. for the people. So I would help out the cashier and then... You know, there's only so much you can do. I mean, and, and they were like, a lot of times they were saying, oh, you know, you can't keep on standing still. You got to move around, which I did. Like, I mean, I tried when there wasn't customers, uh, you know, coming down. I was trying to, you know, some of the put back some of the items that people left behind that they didn't want. So, like, yeah. I tried. But, I mean, there's only so much you can do. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So, after my three months were up, they, they didn't want me back. So The old you got time to lean, you got time to clean deal, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, again, I mean, are- I like I have no problem with working. I mean, if there's something to do, I mean, I tried. and But even though I was trying, I still felt like they were constantly on, on me about, like, you got to move around. You just can't be standing here. I mean, so uh, it didn't, didn't work out at Costco. That's always a weird thing. Well, either way, it's still better off. I had a big uh, I had a big argument one time with a uh, – I was 22. I had an argument because I wouldn't stay over and stock the shelves at a grocery store. Because uh, I had a test that day, the next day in college. But I felt bad. That's more, imp- more important than yeah. college. I felt I said some things I probably shouldn't have, but the hell with it, right? Guy yeah. ain't standing in my way anymore. I don't care. Um, I felt bad for Mickey James on that. That's all. It's like, you know, you spend your life working for something. And they, they gave her an opportunity, but, you know, she, she gave her very best back. So I feel that, yeah, you could have done better than a garbage bag. She's a WWE Hall of Famer. 
Is she already a Hall of Famer? Right, I think she is. I thought she was going to be a Hall. She may very well be a Hall of Famer already. You're right I'm about. You might be sure right about she that. Is. I mean, that's how you treat your Hall of Famers. That's a bad look, man. That's a bad look. Um, which I did get a call from somebody yesterday who said that when they got let go, they got laid off. The company they worked for did a fire drill, and then they walked outside and then started having people one by one come back in to get their things and leave. Which is, I know there's no real great way to do something like that, but holy Toledo, that's a bad way to go about business. 855-2124-CBS. What do you got for top five today? Uh, so we usually don't do sports, but uh, why the hell Ooh. not? Uh, so Alex Smith, as you know, retired this week. So in honor of the great Alex Smith, oh, let's God. do the top five greatest career comebacks. Oh, does it have to be sports? Uh, I was thinking sports. I mean, because of Alex Smith. Uh, so all, all my top five are in the sports category. Can you do me a favor? Give me one movie category. Give me like one movie comeback. Can you of do course. that? Yeah, go 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 for it. You can have it. No, I want you to give me one. Oh, movie you want comeback. me to come up with yeah. a movie comeback? Do it. Top five sports comebacks. Da 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 da. But I need a movie one as well. Is that good? Oh, okay, yeah. All right. So we're talking draft today. We got all that coming up. I I said I think Cincinnati is the most interesting team in this draft. And later on today, I saw something else about taunting I want to get to because I think we actually need more of it. And I'll tell you about that coming up a little bit later. Ryan Dunleavy, he's going to join us 1140 a.m. Eastern, 840 Pacific, New York Post NFL writer. We'll talk NFL with him. The Detroit Lions, they're open for business. The number eight spot, Carolina, they're open for business. Who do you want your team to take? Where should Justin Fields be drafted? If you were the Jets, would you take him? It's Ken Carman, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. All right, this is tough. I messed this whole thing up because I want I I did the Mick. I talked about Mickey James first, and then I didn't ask Pierno until the very end about like the top five. And I went, "Damn it, I'm in a bad spot. I'm in a real bad spot now." Eight five five two one two four CBS. Ryan Dunleavy joins us in less than twenty minutes. It's going to be fantastic. Also later on. Folks, we need more taunting, not less. That coming up around 12.20 p.m. Eastern, 855-2124-CBS. Ryan Wilson again going to join us at 1 p.m. All right, Hick. Or, oh, Hick, sorry. All right, Pierno, are we ready to do this? Are we ready for top five? Yeah, we are ready for the uh, top five uh, in honor of Alex Smith retiring, the uh, top five Ooh. greatest career comebacks. Are we uh, – okay, now I'm – I got to get my timeline ready here. I'll go first. I'll go first. This is tough. Um. Okay, I got it. I got it. I'm ready to go. I got my top five. All right, you ready for me? Let's go. In ascending order, right? Yeah. I had to get my timeline ready because I short-timed myself, so mine's going to suck as it usually does. Number five, Tim Richmond. These are greatest athlete comebacks in courtesy of, of Alex Smith. Tim Richmond, who uh, they're very, um, they're they're still very quiet about Tim Richmond and and how he passed away. 
Um, some pe- There's a lot of rumors about AIDS, HIV. There's press conferences. The family says he had died of complications uh, from it. There's still people who are around NASCAR who say, ah, you know, you know, cancer, whatever. Um, but the family has said before that there was AIDS, so I, I kind of go back to this. And this was during a time, remember, this is the 80s when there was an epidemic going on and we didn't necessarily know a whole lot. And it, it I think it's left a black eye on NASCAR uh, how things have gone down because they've suspended him for drugs and banned substances before because they didn't know. They had no idea. But Tim Richmond and what he was able to do where he fell ill after the 86 banquet, came back 87. They said he had double pneumonia. Um, ends up coming back and winning over Bill Elliott at Pocono where he lost a gearbox in it, I think, from what the story goes. I thought that was a great comeback. I think Tim Richmond, you know, you look back at the career, Dale Earnhardt is my idol and everybody knows that. But if you look back at his career, if Tim Richmond, if Tim Richmond doesn't pass away when he passed away tragically, if Alan Kowicki doesn't pass away when he passed away tra- tragically, the same thing with Davey Allison, you know, where – where does that line up? Because I think that Davey Allison would have won a championship. Alan Kowicki, I don't know. You know, I don't know if Alan Kowicki wins another championship. It was such a monumental feat because he was a single car team. He owned his own team. It was such a monumental feat at that time for him to win a championship. I think Tim Richmond had what it took to win a championship after that. Like maybe we don't see Dale Earnhardt with seven championships. Maybe we see Dale Earnhardt with four. Maybe just five. You know, who knows? But Tim Richmond. Ashland, Ohio, one of the greatest drivers ever in NASCAR history. Uh, Definitely number five there. Number four, I struggle with this now. Do I go Tiger? I'm going to ask you, do I go Tiger Woods or Chad Pennington? Like Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods was great, but like there were so many like fits and starts where I'm like, man, Chad Pennington. I did not think of Chad, but Tiger I gave consideration to. Wasn't Chad Pennington a two-time comeback player of the year? Like, he did it twice, I think. So, you know what? Tiger Woods gets all the accolades. I'm putting Chad Pennington on the list. Chad Pennington's number four. Did it with the Jets. Did it with the Fish. I'm putting Chad Pennington in there at number four. Hurt himself constantly. Was a little bit, you know, I I really liked him. I was a kid. I didn't know any better. I really liked him coming out of Marshall. Uh, I think that he's a guy who definitely, we see guys who are busts. I think Chad Pennington and I know you're the Jets fan. You might disagree here. I think Chad Pennington played over his talent. I think he was better. I think he played better than what his talent dictated he really should play. So I'm, I'm going to give some love to Chad Pennington. I'm putting him at number four. Number three, Michael Jordan. To come back and average 20 per when you're 40 years old with the Wizards, when you got a little bit of pudding hanging over your belt there, that's fantastic. To go out and play baseball, come back, play world-class NBA basketball, I'm putting Michael Jordan number three. Number two, number two, Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith, Alex Smith did more for the game of football than I think what we realize here. And the work that he was able to do, the play that he was able to have, and and to be able to come back for a game that's as tough as it was. 99 wins, I think, as a quarterback, which I know, QB wins. 99 wins is a lot of wins. The guy's fantastic in that sense. And to be benched twice as the number three quarterback, not the backup, number three, in San Francisco, be able to come back, make a good showing of himself, be the bridge quarterback. He did some really nice things in Kansas City and was able to stave off Patrick Mahomes for a year. I think Alex Smith is fantastic. I put Alex Smith number two overall. I think he's had – he would not – he has not had a 
tremendous career for a number one overall pick, but I think that there's been plenty of guys who've been number one overall picks been way worse, way worse than Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith has had a fine, fine career and something that he can be proud of, and not even just with this injury and coming back from that. I think he's had an incredible career. Uh, number one has to be Rocky Blyer, right? That's Vietnam. Great, yeah. yeah, I mean, it has to be has to be Rocky Blyer. The guy's a fan favorite, and even myself, Again, you know what fan of a team you know what team I'm a fan of. There's always guys on certain teams who are like, all right, that guy's cool. Rocky Blyer's cool. Rocky guy, Blyer. guy, guy, purple heart, and then yeah. wound up uh, four Super yeah. Bowl trophies. Yeah, like like they're like Thurman okay, everybody hates the Yankees, right, Pierno? But in my neck of the woods, it's like, all right, we hate the Yankees, bleep the Yankees, Thurman Munson's cool. Don't be talking about Thurman Munson. Yeah. And it's like, hey, the Steelers suck. Hate the Steelers. Everything purple, black and black and yellow, purple. I don't know what that came. From. Everything black and gold or black and yellow. We can't stand. Rocky Blyer's cool, man. We like Rocky Blyer. Don't be talking about Rocky Blyer. All right. Rocky Blyer's number one. You go right on ahead. All right. So number five for me, gotta go with George Foreman. So he, he steps away from boxing for ten years. Comes back. He's almost forty years old. I think he was like thirty-eight to be exact. Wound up boxing for another decade, and then along the way, at the age of 45, becomes the oldest heavyweight champion, defeated Michael Mora, who was 26 at the time, and uh, Mora went into that fight. He was 35-0, and 0. Uh, so Foreman proving that age is just the number. Uh, one thing I will say, I've never, I have never used a George Foreman grill in my life. Have I you? have. Yeah? They're good. They're never. good. I mean, it, they, they, it can dry it out a little bit. Um, because it's you know it's right on top and it, it's just pressing so it dries it out, but it's good stuff, man. It, it, it's good. So They're George fine. Foreman, number five for me. Number four, doing some hockey. Mario Lemieux, one of the greatest hockey players of all time, had to deal with a lot of health issues throughout his career. Uh, but his biggest battle was, of course, against Hodgkin's lymphoma. So and as a result of that, he wound up missing the entire 94-95 season, and then he returns the following season. And he wound up winning the Art Ross Trophy, which is most points in the league. He scored 161 points that year. And then the year after that, in 97, he wins the Art Ross Trophy again, this time with 122 points. Uh, and then he wound up retiring following that 97 season. Then he came back again in 2000. And then in 2000, he wound up uh, scoring 76 points in just 43 games that year. And uh, also wound up finishing uh, uh, third in the MVP voting that year. So uh, Mario Lemieux uh, winning the, the Art Rush Trophy back-to-back -back years after missing the entire 94-95 season due to Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, number three, Monica Seles. Uh, we all remember her getting stabbed by the fan in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, just crazy. She was just 19 at the time, but she she was number one in the world. She had already won eight Grand Slams. She was just remarkable. And then uh, got stabbed, and then she was away from the game for a little over two years, came back, uh, wound up winning another major at 96 at the Australian Open. Pierno. Uh, what? I'm sorry, I swear to you, I was going to be like, and she came back from that weed arrest and went, no, that was Jennifer Capriati, <laughs> dummy, shut up. Yeah, no, Monica Sellis got stabbed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not laughing about Monica Sellis getting stabbed. I'm no, talking yeah, about but Jennifer it's a little Capriati. bit different, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Different, different circumstances. Um, yeah. And, of course, Sellis also lost a couple times in the U.S. Open to uh, Steffi Graf in the final. So, uh, you know, she just great, you know, Sellis just so, showing great courage to step back out on the tennis court after a horrifying incident like that. Uh, number two, Bethany Hamilton. 
Um, for those who don't know, a surfer wow. who wound up getting attacked by a shark yeah. lost one of her arms. This happened, I believe, it was 2003. Again, I think most people would have a hard time putting a toe back in the water again after that. But underwent surgery, returned to the water. Uh, shortly after she came back, she wound up winning the national title and uh, turned pro full-time. So that's pretty inspiring. And then number one, uh, you had mentioned Tiger. I was going back and forth on a couple of the golf guys. Wound up going with Ben Hogan. Involved in a car, uh, major car accident, collided with a bus head-on, uh, suffered what, a broken pelvis, collarbone, oh. ankle, he had crushed ribs. He was in the hospital for like two months. It's amazing that he even survived. But then 16 months later, after the accident, he comes back. He wins the U.S. Open there in 1950. And then he goes on and wins six of his nine career majors after the accident, including the Triple Crown in 1953. So, remarkable comeback by Ben Hogan. He's at number one for me, the top five greatest career comeback. That's great. And if you wanted me to throw in uh, an, a movie person. Yeah, uh, career. For me, this is easy. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, this Ooh, is Ooh, damn, that's a good one. This is a guy, yeah. a lot of turmoil in his life, was involved in drugs, alcohol, wound up getting arrested, and then he comes back. He becomes Iron Man, and then forget it. You know, he just he takes off. You know, our biggest movie star on the planet back in 2008 in that first Iron Man film, and he that just takes off Iron Man and the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I would pick for uh, my greatest Hollywood comeback. I thought you were going to say Bella Lugosi. <laughs> nah, it never happened after. It never happened after Dracula. Man, he got hooked up with Ed Wood, and that's the end of it. Poor guy. Do you have, uh, do you have anybody from Hollywood? And no, uh, yours is great. Yours is yours is perfect. I I didn't even think of it. Mickey Rooney. Was, M- Mickey Rooney was one. Yeah. Um, I mean, he hasn't. I mean, does it, does Betty White count? I mean, Betty White's America's grandmother now, and yeah. like, it wasn't like she was like down and out or anything like that obviously not she was just not in the big time public eye there for it seemed like for a while and then it's like boom she's back in business away she goes uh can i can i throw one more in now you made me think about it with the uh, ben hogan one with the car wreck yeah rick flair plane wreck very good very good the plane crash yeah yeah broke his back was out for like that that's good yeah had to rehab for like six years while working uh, there we go that was a great top five all right we'll put that out on twitter Coming up, 1 o'clock Eastern, Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports NFL and NFL Draft Writer. Up next, Ryan Dunleavy, New York Post NFL Writer. We'll find out all the latest stuff with him, who the Jets really should take, and where Justin Fields could end up. It's Ken Carmen, CBS Sports Radio right now, the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. A little bit later on, I'm thinking 12.20 p.m. Eastern. What say you guys? Uh, I'm thinking we need more taunting, not less. Joining us right now, we got the draft right around the corner. Don't know if you knew that. Ryan Dunleavy joins us on the show. NFL Post, or excuse me, NFL writer, New York Post. There we go. At R-Y, Ryan Dunleavy on Twitter. Ryan, thanks for joining us today, my friend. Hey, how are you? Doing well. First off with Dave Gettleman. Why is he never traded back? 
<laughs> Get right to the point, right, Ken? Uh, yeah, I was so because I did. I didn't even know that. And then he's like, oh, "I don't want to get hoodwinked. I don't want to get bamboozled." I go, "You're trading back. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is weird." Um, no, 40, 54 selections he's made in eight uh, drafts as GM of the Panthers and the Giants, and not once has he traded back. He revealed uh, that he has had trades in place that have fallen apart, you know, because somebody gets picked before the trade goes into effect. Yeah. My colleague at the Post, Paul Schwartz, reported yesterday that one of those deals was actually last year. The Giants were going to trade back from 36, but then Xavier McKinney was unexpectedly available, so they backed out of their trade and took Xavier McKinney, the safety. So why has he never done it? I mean, he's a guy who values tape. He's not a guy who values the combine a whole lot. So I think really what it comes down to is when he's on the board, he takes his best player, he goes, you know, across one way, vertical one way, finds a guy with the highest draft grade and picks him. What do you think the approval rating right now is with Giants fans on Dave Gettleman? Because for a second, it, it was not looking very good, but I, I've heard more and more Giants fans kind of like, okay, I mean, he's he's kind of a fuddy-duddy here and there, but he's he's doing okay here. What, what do you think? Uh, I think, I actually like his personality. I do. I think he's kind of a straight shooter. Uh, as far as Giants fans, look, it's low, right? I mean, they, they, <laughs> he's, been here, he's been here three seasons. They don't have more than six, six wins in any of those three seasons. That's a really long time in New York for a GM to be able to stick around without competing for a division title or the playoffs. So it's low, but it's higher than it was with Pat Shermer, if that makes sense. I think the Giants fan sees not just Gettleman and not just Judge, but sees the Gettleman-Judge partnership as something that can really work. I think that's where the Giants fans are. If they didn't like the coach, they wouldn't like the GM. But they like the coach, and they say, you know, Judge, Judge has some personnel influence. He comes from the Patriots background. Gettleman's a good scout. He's a career-long scout. They can work together. I think that's where the optimism comes from in the last year on Gettleman. Because it's such a deep QB draft and because before all the other stuff with with Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson was out there, was there conversation at all? I mean, tangible, not fan, tangible conversation about a quarterback with the Giants or has has Dave made his pick and that's it? Correct. There's zero talk about a quarterback. And it's not just Dave. It's the whole organization. It's John Mara. It's Joe Judge. It's Jerry Shaplinski, the quarterback coach. It's Jason Garrett as, a, as the offensive coordinator. They are fully committed to Daniel Jones. There was zero conversation behind the scenes about them, you know, moving up for a quarterback. And Dave Gettleman wasn't lying the other day when he said his ideal draft would be 10 quarterbacks in the first 10 picks, and then the Giants have their pick everybody else at 11. That's, they're that committed to Jones. Look, the guy, what's interesting is if we want to go back in time, they really love Justin Herbert. They were hoping Justin Herbert would come out in the 2019 draft. He didn't. He went back to Oregon, so they ended up with Daniel Jones. If they could swap that, would they have? Yes, but that's not a realistic thing to happen. So this class, they're committed to Daniel Jones. Ryan Dunleavy joining us, New York Post NFL writer. Again, follow him on Twitter at Ryan Dunleavy. So you got San Francisco. They move up to three. Now I'm sure that San Francisco – just because you got to do your due diligence. They, they call, I, I'd imagine they called Jacksonville. I'd imagine they would have called the Jets. They get to the number three. Does that make Joe Douglas think twice about this whole Zach Wilson thing at number two? 
Like no, would they take Mac yeah. Jones or somebody else or what? You say no. no? I mean, the the 49ers would like that. The word around the NFL is the 49ers really want Zach Wilson. But as you know, there's very close ties between the 49ers and the Jets now because of Robert Sala. So Robert Sala, if he isn't telling uh, Kyle Shanahan point blank who he's picking, which he could do, uh, if he's not, then he's certainly hinting. He's not trying to screw his old boss who got him this job. So the 49ers know what the Jets are doing. The Jets are doing Zach Wilson. So the 49ers, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they can poke around. Urban Meyer would hang up on you. It's the reason he took the job was to draft Trevor Lawrence. He hasn't made any, you know, he hasn't done any of this show, song and dance to trick you. He's basically wearing a tri- uh, Trevor Lawrence jersey at this point, or Urban Meyer. So the 49ers knew what they were doing when they would go up to three. It said they like three quarterbacks. The question is, is it Lance Fields or Mac Jones? And I think they've done a pretty good job of hiding that, which the 49ers haven't done in recent years. You've been able to peg their guy pretty easily in the first round, and this year I can't do it. Ron Dunleavy with us on the show. Why is it Zach Wilson there at number two? I think because the NFL is different than it was five years ago. Five years ago, you would have looked at Zach Wilson and said, wow, this guy makes some crazy throws. These throws are never going to work in the NFL. Like, he takes too many risks. He's not ball secure. We're going to knock this guy. He's a mid-first-round pick. And now you have Patrick Mahomes saying, well, you know what? Some of these crazy throws really do work in the NFL. If you really have that kind of physical talent, uh, then you have the arm, you can make the plays, you have some mobility, you can make some of these off-balance crazy throws that we used to knock you for. And they're wow plays, they're off-script plays that, you know, give you a bonus now. It used to be if you're not on script, oh, God, throw it out of bounds, get rid of the ball. No, now off-script plays are a bonus. So that's where I think what's happened in the NFL in the last five years, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, I think those guys have changed the quarterback position, which helped a guy like Wilson. Ryan Dunleavy with us on the show. Yeah, I, I'm. it's weird because I'm a big Justin Fields guy, all right? And I don't even really like Ohio State, but I really like Justin Fields. And I know that there's a history there with Ohio State quarterbacks, and I, I always kind of brush that aside. And I I don't want to tear down other QBs to make an argument for Justin Fields, but, I, gosh, it feels like I can't help it. Where do you see him going then? It, it, talking about Fields in general here, because, you know, there's people who are bringing up, like uh, Charlie Castley says tw- he could fall to 24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers, for crying out loud here. So I think some teams would move up. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this kid. I think he'll, I think all five quarterbacks will be off the board in the top five. If and excuse me, in the top fifteen, uh, I think all five will be off the board in the top fifteen. Whether, like you said, whether that's someone trading up because he's falling down, or whether that's the Patriots sitting in fifteen and saying we can't pass on Justin Fields here. I don't see any of the five quarterbacks lasting to into the twenties. Uh, now that doesn't mean I think they're all top 15 caliber prospects when you compare everybody else. But as we all know, quarterbacks get overdrafted. I wouldn't be surprised if all five are off the board in the top 11 and somebody trades with the Giants at 11 to get the fifth quarterback and the Giants move back a little bit. That would not surprise me at all. So where do I think Justin Fields goes? Maybe Denver. If I had to take a guess, I would say Denver is a pretty good uh, uh, marriage for Justin Fields. 
I want Denver to actually because you know they they got they got Peyton Manning and and John got Peyton Manning. It was like well John you know Peyton Manning's a free agent at that time. They made some moves here and there with he and the Colts and all that stuff. But other than that, they've really soft pedaled this stuff from Trevor Simeon and. And what Brock Osweiler? Then you got the second round pick with Drew Locke, and I'm going, eh, you know, I, I like Drew Drew Locke's attitude, but I don't like Drew Locke as a franchise quarterback. I would just be relieved if if Denver just okay, you know what? We're planting our flag. Here we are. We actually have our quarterback. We think we have our quarterback. We're doing it. We're going for the gusto here in a deep quarterback draft because I don't know what's really going to come around in 2022, 2022, but it, I don't think it's going to be as good as what we have here in 2021. Correct. The people, I, I, I'm a big college football guy. People I talk to in college football says the 2022 quarterback class is a little underwhelming, but I think we do have to put a, you know, caveat on that. Like no one at this time would have said Joe Burrow would have been the first pick in his draft. And certainly no one thought Zach Wilson was a top two pick. So a college football season can change that. And then all of a sudden you'll say, Oh wow, this guy in the 2022 class is great. But you imagine the Broncos, don't forget, they did pick two first-round quarterbacks. Their names were Paxton Lynch and Tim Tebow. Oh, my and God. Yeah, I forget. They, I, well, I forgot about Lynch already. Holy Lord. So wow. those two guys made a total of 20 career NFL starts, and neither guy is in the NFL anymore. So they had huge whiffs uh, at quarterback. Now, George Payton, obviously the new GM. He comes from Minnesota. They haven't exactly, you know, they signed Kirk Cousins. So they haven't exactly, you know, made splashes in the quarterback market either. I think they picked Teddy Bridgewater with the last pick of the first round one year. And he looked pretty good before he got that that devastating leg injury. He made a pro bowl for the Vikings. So am I convinced that he's a guy who thinks you have to have a first round quarterback? That is the only way you can build. I'm not, but I do think, you know, others in the organization, you have a coach, you know, it was on the hot seat. You have an offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, who likes to develop quarterbacks. That's obviously a thing. I, I, I think they'll go quarterback, but again, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were a trade-down team. If you were Nick Sirianni, what other game other than rock, paper, scissors would you play with prospects, and why would it be hungry, hungry hippos? <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you the truth. I, you know, I, I would play Connect Four if I could because – I think it's a very big strategy game. And I know that was kind of a joke question, but I have a serious answer because Saquon Barkley, who I have the utmost respect for, and I played a big Connect Four game. I did a story about it. And he taught me just kind of how Connect Four is a lot like football strategy and thinking one move ahead. So any game that involves strategy, which is kind of the same thing as rock, paper, scissors, right? It's trying to predict your opponent, read instincts, guess what's happening next, strategy. Any kind of game like that I would play, but Connect Four would be my big game, not just because I play with my three-year-old son all the time and, and whoop him. I just real like, we don't have any good – I got three boys. We don't have any good board games. We got that one where you pull stuff out of the guy's nose, which sucks and it's kind of gross, and then that's it. I don't have Connect Four. I don't have strate- – I don't know about Stratego for five-year-olds. I don't know if that one's going to really work out. I don't have Risk. All the, you know what? I don't think I'm doing a good enough job with board games when I'm thinking about Stratego and Risk. Hey, real quick. From the guys you've talked to, Ryan Dunleavy joining us, New York Post. From the guys you've talked to, how difficult has this draft process been? Because, you know, last year it's like, well, they can't meet with each other. Eh, It turned out being fine because of Zoom and everything. But now you have guys who sat out 2020, and you have guys who might have played six games. You know, I look at the running back list. There's guys who played three games in the 2020 season. How, How much more difficult has this year been? 
uh, I'll tell you a couple things. Uh, I think it's been the most difficult one that most guys, most of these executives have ever faced in their life. I have a big story on this coming out in Monday's post. Uh, yes, you're going to have four top 10 picks who didn't play last season, probably six or seven first round picks who didn't play last season. That's going to get all the focus, but the top guys, the Parsons, the Sewells, the Slaters are the top guys, whether they played or not, where it's really going to make an impact is the middle and late rounds where coaches and GMs are going to give tiebreakers to guys who played last year. And you're going to have guys like Walker Little from Stanford, the tackle, who played one game in 2019, got hurt, and then opted out in 2020. So he's played one game in two years. So you're going to have guys like that or guys who were good in 2018, took a step back in 2019, and then didn't play in 2020. Well, is he going in the wrong direction? There's so much missing information there. It's a very hard draft. And there's a lot less guys in this draft. There were 1,800-something guys who – entered the 2020 draft with agents, there's 600-something guys this year. So there's a third less, or excuse me, two-thirds less talent available in the draft. So I think you could see a lot of teams trying to trade out of this draft to next year's draft. Follow this dude on Twitter. He knows what he's talking about, at R-Y, Rye Dunleavy on Twitter. Ryan, thank you very much for the time, buddy. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Ryan Dunleavy, New York Post. I think that's going to be a blast like three, five years, somewhere in there, talking, going back, like you got to do a 30 for 30 on the 2021 draft. I might have said that as well about the 2020 draft, but the 2021 draft's the most interesting. Five quarterbacks, I remind you, 83. You have going into 80, and remember 84, what was it? Was it Boomer was the first one taken, and he was second round by the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken, about the 84 draft? I might be wrong about that. But you go to now – where in three to five years, there's going to be guys who ended up being total diamonds in the rough, exactly like he said. And there's going to be guys who are just taking because, hey, I saw you on tape in 2020. 216 or 855-2124-CBS. Up next, when I give out the right number, we need more taunting, not less. It's Ken Carmen, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.